I'm your host Naya and welcome to the first episode of the Silver Screen Forum where I'm delighted to have a brilliant guest, Joy Mellons, who is a producer and screenwriter. We talk about what the film industry is like at the moment and I ask her questions on her upcoming film that she is producing with her husband. Let's get into it. Hi Joy. Uh, Hi. So I was just wondering how you got into the film industry. Gosh. How long have you got? Um, <laughs> uh, I was um, I was actually a writer. I had written uh, and had books published, and I decided that I didn't like working alone, and I wanted to have a go at writing for TV, um, which I did. I wrote some scripts, and I was lucky enough to sort of get invited into the BBC, that type of thing, and. So I decided I had an office with my partner at uh, Teddington Studios and we decided to do workshops for other writers where, because between us, we knew quite a lot of actors. So we would hire um, a room at uh, BAFTA and do showcases of other people's scripts rather than mine, because I figured I was an okay writer, but there were better, more talented ones out there. And on one of these occasions, we were at BAFTA and we had all these invited guests. And one of the writers came up and said to me, will you produce um, a short film for me? And I said, I've never produced a short film ever. And he said, but you've produced this event at BAFTA. How hard can it be? You've just got to raise money. So I thought, okay, never say, no in this industry always say yes and then panic but always say yes because you've got to grab every opportunity so i said yes i'd produce a short film i called in a lot of favors uh, i was i was lucky enough to um a, one of my best friend was anita dobson uh that i'd known forever and she was, um, at the time, she wasn't married to Brian May, but she was going out with Brian May. So I said yeah. to Brian, can I have some music for my first ever short film I'm producing, please? And so he said, yeah, what do you want? So I was able, even though I didn't like the script very much, <laughs> I was able to end the film on Queen's Too Much Love Will Kill You. So I figured that the audience would go out happy regardless of the content of the movie. And uh, I took it to the Cannes Film Festival as my first ever short. And this was about 30 plus years ago. And it picked up an award and then it went to other festivals. And then people started to think, oh, maybe she can do this. And that led into more short films, uh, more film festivals, couple more awards leading up to my first feature um, and it went on from there really. No. So it was sort of, um, it wasn't part of a big plan, it was, it kind evolved. Of fell onto it. Yeah. Sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what do you think of the film industry in its current state, like status? Um, I think in a way it was easier for me yeah. Um, you know, 20, 30 years ago, it was a little bit easier. There was more access to film angels, if you like to call them that. 
Um, whereas shortly after that, there were a lot of tax schemes that turned out to be illegal. Um, and that put a lot of uh, film investors off. So that made it very difficult. I think for the new filmmaker now, because of YouTube and because of all the areas now that there's access to put your material out there without needing a distributor, without needing A-list actors and all of that. From that perspective, it's easier. Um, it is still, I mean, it is still really tough. I mean, at the moment, um, my husband, who's co-producer on our current film, we have been developing it for three years and we haven't got it made yet. Um, we're still raising the finance. We're ready to do it. And I mean, this is a Victor Hugo novel. So, you know, it's the track record of Victor Hugo books is pretty good. If you look at Les Mis and Notre Dame, you know, they've been pretty successful. But having said that, I, I worked in the States um, a few years back and I was working with a producer called Dean Zanuck, who to me was like God. Uh, I mean, it, he did, uh, when I was working with him, he'd done Road to he's done Sweeney Todd. I mean, the guy is the most wonderful human being. He, he, he gives you faith that, you know, there are really nice people in Hollywood. <laughs> And there are not, but he is just one of them. He restores your faith in human nature. He's wonderful. And he asked me to help him on a project because he'd always made studio films like Road to Perdition, like uh, Sweeney Todd. He'd always done studio pictures whereby the studio give you the money. Um, he'd never made an independent film. And so he asked me to help him raise finance. And I said to him, well, how long have you been trying to raise finance for this film? And bearing in mind, it had Bill Murray and Sissy Spacek and, you know, huge cast and an Oscar winning director attached. And he said nine years, nine years. And this is a huge name in LA with an Oscar nominated, an Oscar winner uh, director attached and you know, A-list stars, and it took nine years. We got, he got it made. Um, I worked with him on and off for about 18 months or so, trying to finalize everything. And it was a fabulous experience, but it also brought it home to me that it doesn't matter who you are, it's it's tough as an independent filmmaker. And that applies, that applied back then, and it applies today. Um, it's. You would think today it'd be a bit easier because there are so many new avenues for content. All of the um, Netflix, your Amazon, your Google, they all need, desperately need content. Um, and so you would think that it would be that bit easier, but it, but it isn't. It is still tough because you're asking people to risk money, although the risk isn't as great as it used to be in the old days. In the oh. old days. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how do you balance the commercial and artistic realities of making films today? I think, to be honest, um, I, I swore sort of 10 years ago I wasn't going to do it anymore and I was happy teaching and um, I didn't need the stress of egos and, and all of that, uh, but um, it's this book is a book that 
uh, my husband's always wanted to make into a movie and it's a book that I love um, and I could just see it visually so you weigh up the it doesn't matter you could be given the best script you know a writer could send to you the best script ever and you read it but if you the first question you have to ask is is there an audience because if there isn't an audience for it then it doesn't matter how good the story is if there's not an audience um, it's not going to work so I felt that this particular book, it, it's as relevant today as when he wrote it, uh, when Victor Hugo wrote it back in, I think it was 1820, something like that. Um, because it's about <clears throat> one man battling against the odds um, and that applies as much today and it has all the ingredients that the audience want. It has the, the sort of, it has the thrills, the jeopardy, the love story, it has all of, and the adventure, it has all of that in one um, beautiful, simple story. So to me, with Victor Hugo branding, with the actual concept being very powerful, I felt that this would be a successful movie. And so I was prepared to put the time, the energy, and all the frustrations that go with it to develop a film, to get it into production. Um, and it has, it's been three years hard, solid, well, it's nearly four now, it'll be four years in December, so three and a half-ish, um, since we started. And yes, we have some money, we have some backers, and we know how we're gonna shoot it, where we're gonna shoot it, all the locations are done. Um, casting will always be last minute because we want A-list and if you want A-list they want money up front and until we're green lit we don't have money up front to give them so casting will be sort of last minute it'll be a call right we're shooting this movie do you want to do it or not <laughs> Who, who's your um like who would you want A-list like main person to be in your movie um, we've got a list of about half a dozen for the lead character because we feel... Um, have you ever seen uh, DiCaprio's Revenant, the film? I've heard you of know. it. And... Yeah, it's an amazing film and he got an Oscar for it. And it's he is the movie. Um, that's why he got the Oscar, he is the movie. The whole story evolves around him. Uh, and our story is very similar to that and that it all revolves around Gilead, our lead character. I don't know, I love Omar Sy. Um, I love Dan Stevens. Um, I love, well, there's, there's quite a few. I mean, it's endless. Um, I could get out the book and show you the list, but, um, you know, to be honest, I, I try not to think of cast until we're nearer approaching them. Um, and then we don't get disappointed that they're not available. So <laughs> it's, I avoid going there if I can until we are ready. And then it will be a serious conversation with our director to get it sorted. Um, so do you think films such as Coda, who won Best Actor, uh, sorry, who won um, Best Oscar um, and like the um, Best Supporting, um, actor as well will be made more and get more recognition for like their talents 
Um, I think, yeah, I, uh, to be fair, I haven't seen that movie. Um, but yeah, if you're looking for actors, actors can actually turn a great uh, film into an amazing movie if you cast it right. And if it is something they want to do because they put their heart and soul into it and they bring it to life. So never undervalue what an actor can bring. If you don't cast it right, you risk the movie. So a lot of thought has to go into it, but also they have to want to do it and they have to see the potential of them being involved in this film. Is it going to be a passion project? Is it a project that is out of their comfort zone that they want that challenge there are lots of things that they have to ask themselves and also are they available and can the film afford them <laughs> um so there's uh three films that you produce how was your relationship with directors um i've had some great experience working with directors and I've had some bad experience working with directors. <laughs> um, I think it's a relationship that is, it's tested, let's put it that way. But when, as a producer, you, you, you get the project, you develop it, and you find the director that wants to make the same film as you, because you could give the same script to half a dozen different directors and you'd get half a dozen different movies. So it's it's a question of finding a director that has the same passion and vision as you do. And then you work with that director. And then when it comes to the actual first day of principal photography, it's all handed over to the director and you can watch him on the monitor and you can pull him to the side afterwards and say, well, well, well hang on a minute, what the hell happened today? Um, but, you know, it then becomes the director's movie. But ultimately, you know, the producer has the final say. So when the film is all shot and you've wrapped, you give the director two, three weeks to make his cut and you leave him alone and you let him sit with the editor and do the director's cut and then as a producer you go in and you look at the director's cut and if you approve it fantastic if you don't then you have the power to actually redo the cut so there's a lot riding on that relationship let's put it that way <laughs> yeah it must be really difficult if you had like some of like let's say difficult directors yeah, yeah. I, only on one occasion have we actually had to say, let's go back to the original assembly of the movie. We are cutting it because we are not using that at all. We are going to do our own cut. And it's only ha ever happened once. And then the director at the screening um, went round letting everybody congratulate him on his cut. <laughs> You should have, you know what you should do to me like well that was me like, I, I, can you take I'm gonna take all the credit I think that's what you should no. do you just you're just grateful that it, it worked so you don't really care who gets the credit as long as it works so but yeah he went around you know shaking everybody's hand and getting all their congratulations so but that's fine the film worked 
and it didn't with his cut, but it did in the end. But that was um, that, oh, it was a long, long time ago. Um, but yeah, now as my husband just said, we never worked with that director again. That was it, you know. Uh, whereas, you know, um, the director that we've got on this film, uh, we have known for 20, 30 years, and we've worked with him developing a lot of projects. And, uh, you know, there'll be, there might be the odd issue when we're shooting, but we trust him completely. And he he knows he has our trust and, and he's keen to work with us. So we, we're hoping we've got it right on this one. Well, I'm sure we have. What's the film called? What's your film called? It's Toilers of the Sea. Okay. Yeah. Um, so what was it like working with like an established star such as like this time? Uh, to be honest, it was, it was fine. I mean, they're great. The more established and the more experienced they are, the easier they are to work with. Yeah. Um, sometimes the egos and the difficulties come from actors that don't have the experience but think they're amazing, uh, but they haven't had enough years under the belt to prove it yet. But they think they have. That, that's where they. It, you know, I'm not. It's about that's very much a generalisation. I, you know, to be honest, the, the, I don't think in the films we've made we've ever had a real issue with an actor. We really haven't because you have to look after your actors because you want the best out of them. And the only way to get the best out of anybody is to make it a happy, enjoyable experience. So you look after your actors, you check on them constantly, make sure they're okay if they need anything. You tell them how wonderful they are and how great that scene was. And, you know, and you mean it because, you know, if you've said, okay, that's that's okay, that's a cut, we've done that one, we're happy, we can move on, then you do mean it, you know? So I can't honestly say we've had issues with um, any actors at all. It's been, it's been a great experience. And, you know, most of the actors we've worked with, we would happily work with all of them again. That's really good though, yeah. Yeah, well, they bring so much and people do make the mistake of underestimating their value. You know, whether they're a big name or not, if they're talented um, and they really buy into um, the role, then you know you're going to get a good performance. And that's what it all comes down to, you know. And it's a balance, you know. Every actor has to have a decent actor to bounce off of as well. You can have the best actor in the world, and if you're putting him against someone that isn't very good, he hasn't got that energy to bounce off of and give the best performance. So it really is, you know, I, I tell our film students when you're auditioning, if it is dependent on a couple reacting and interreacting together, then audition them together to see if that chemistry is going to work because it relies on that on camera. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with that as well. Um, so, what other similarities and differences of being a producer slash screenwriter um, and a lecturer? A <laughs> uh, lecturer, um, you're sort of passing on your experience, um, trying to show, or you know, 
I've made these mistakes so you don't make these mistakes you'll find new ones <laughs> um, and I try and incorporate and give them a taste of an example of my experiences when I'm teaching about something specific I can say you know don't ever do this because you know this is how it should work and I try and teach them to respect and enjoy the process because it is if you to me and they all take the mickey out of me in the film department now because I say it all the time that a good film is made in the prep um, you need to prep a film properly so that when it comes to the actual shoot, which in reality is probably the easiest bit, um, then you've, you're available if things go wrong and things always go wrong during a shoot. You know, I could make a movie on things that have gone wrong over the years, um, but it's how you deal with that and how you correct it and how you make sure everything still takes place as it should. Um, so, you know, um, I enjoy lecturing. Um, I enjoy supervising the students and trying to give them a bit of knowledge and share my passion. Um, but at the same time, um, there is a certain, uh, there is a certain magic to trying to put another movie together, one that you passionately believe in. Um, it's frustrating, it's hard, and sometimes you feel like you're wading through treacle. Um, but, you know, that's what it's all about. And that's why you can only, I think, you can only make the films that you are passionate about because they, you're not going to get the funding overnight. Um, it takes time. And I mean, maybe if our film was a five million budget, it would be quicker, but then we wouldn't make the film that we want to make and we wouldn't do justice to Victor Hugo's story so you know we've got 15 million is our budget and that's a lot of money for an independent film it's there are more expensive ones but it's still a lot of money to raise so we've got about eight more to go <laughs> you know, I reckon you can do it <laughs> okay. oh, yeah, watch this space look on that follow the toilers website and we'll keep it updated oh does this film ever get made do we ever make get all of that money but yeah um it, let's face it dean took nine years we we're only three years in but then dean was a lot younger i don't know if i was <laughs> if i'd have the energy to go for nine years at my age but there you go <laughs> um on a light uh, on a lighter note uh what is your favorite film of all time oh gosh i don't know um there are so many and it depends what mood i'm in um i love absolutely love the green mile it's always been a film that i love with tom hanks um i think it's a stunning movie but if I want something where I don't have to engage my brain and I can just be entertained, I'm, I confess to being a real Sister Act fan. I absolutely <laughs> love the singing nuns. <laughs> I love it. Um, and weirdly, uh, as part of our fundraising, um, I met one of the actresses from Sister Act um, quite recently and I found out they might be doing another one and I was so excited. Oh, <laughs> great so insight excited. there. <laughs> Love the great insight. Yeah. 
so I don't know. I mean, there are just so many films that I love. I love Independence Day. I love Will Smith. Uh, you know, I mean, there's a lot of great movies. I think the test of a good movie is if I just sit back and watch it and don't think, oh my God, that was a terrible transition shot. And you know, oh, I don't like the framing of that. If I start doing that, I'm not enjoying the movie. <laughs> I want to watch it and just for what it is, you know. Are you quite analytical in watching movies then? Yeah, I can. If it's if it doesn't grab my attention and I'm not involved in the story, then yeah. Yeah, I have a thing about film scores and all sorts. And I think, oh my God, who wrote that music? And <laughs> so yeah, it can be a bit like that. And I'm just as bad on TV, you know, I'll be watching TV and I think, oh, for goodness sake, really, who wrote this? <laughs> so yeah, but then there's great TV as well, so. Uh, so on a final note, uh, what would you say to aspiring producers and screenwriters out there? Just keep at it. If I can do it, they can. It just needs a lot of determination. But if you really believe in it and you're really passionate, you'll get there. But it, you know, it's not easy. Um, there's no point in saying it is. It isn't. It's tough. But if you believe in it enough and want it enough, and are prepared because no one's going to knock on your door. You've got to go out and bang on all those doors. And it may take a hundred doors to knock on, but you only need one. You only need one to say, come in. Thank you so much. Um... <laughs> okay. You're welcome, my love.